This is a homebrew podcast. Previously on the homebrew. I uh, take a look at Zalduin and I look at the other little guy there and I say, you must be our uh, contact then, huh? I told you, he's real. Look at that shirt. I mean, look at that nice space loot jacket. It's totally authentic. Our adventure begins, as most do, at a pub on Prosperity Bay. Nivitz Pozu, an eccentric researcher, has brought Zalduin to Carl, who's the host of Galaxy to Galaxy Radio. Carl's accompanied by his pit fighter bodyguard, Oliver Heavy Arms, part man, part machine. Zalduin is of interest to Carl because he claims to be a denizen of the Lost Ark, the Oasis. Before Carl can get any new information on the missing Ark, Brother Maynard of the church stumbles into the pub, looking for, you guessed it, some adventurers to help him on a quest. Jaden Seatel, a young cleric and nephew of a famous vid evangelist, has gone missing while under Maynard's care. Yeah, he's probably dead. Please don't say, please don't say, he starts like hyperventilating, so please don't say that. Well, you never know, Oliver, be more optimistic, he might still be out there somewhere. Right. If he is dead, you can just bury him and grow a tree out of him. Oh god. The crew discovered that Jaden had shown interest in a lost ruin in the ship graveyard, so they went down to the docks to get a skiff so that they could set sail across the sands. What they found was a cloaked shipwreck that still appeared to have some signs of life. As they approached, they were attacked by strange wolves. Part of it on its like left side has been constructed with like bone and flesh, and there are like human teeth in the left side of its jaw and there's like a human hand as its right paw and it's just this terrifying cyborg wolf that's part automation yeah part biological and part metal and it jumps towards you past the wreck and under the cloaking field they found a much more recent shipwreck and who they believe to be Jaden trying to get their attention from a porthole however a robotic elven beastmaster and more wolves stood between them and the shipwreck. Negotiations were unsuccessful, and Zaldron resorted to a charm person spell. His head cocks, and he puts it puts his bow down, and he just says, "Oh, are you? Have you come back for me?" Uh, are you? <laughs> yes, we came <laughs> what, back what, for him. He asked if we came back oh. for him. Uh, we're we're friendly. The crew left the charmed robotic beastmaster and entered into the shipwreck, which they found to be named the Lathander. Unfortunately, on the way, they found the chopped up remains of Jaden's friends. Uh, is Jaden in there? Yes, yes, I'm Jaden. Are my friends out there? Did you guys see anyone else? <laughs> Jaden, you gotta listen to my voice. You gotta stay calm, okay? Okay. Can't have you falling apart on me, all right? Why would I fall apart? <laughs> what does that mean? Shut up and listen. Okay. I need you to concentrate. Jaden revealed he had indeed found the lost ruin, and it was under the shipwreck. He convinced the crew to let him stay, and they delved into the ruin. After solving some puzzles, they came to the end and interacted with a strange stone console that appeared to be lost architecture. The blue light sucks back into this globe, and it expands, and you see what looks to be a star map. The console was telling them to go to the dead planet Terra next. But before they had an opportunity to discuss anything, they were attacked. Anyone that looks would see a ghostly figure apparate in front of the pile of rubble as if it is coming out of it. What the hell? 
it screams. The silence is just broken in such a massive way. Just, this is not your path. After the crew defeated the guardian of this tomb, a less terrifying version appeared and spoke with the crew. They found that they had stumbled into someone else's path on the road to something called the Convergence. Do you seek the Convergence? I do now. The crew found that the Guardian was actually a former adventurer who had died here and was now cursed to defend this place. They found her body, and on it was a photograph of her, a flesh and blood version of the mechanical Beastmaster that they faced on their way into the ruin, and several other people, including Jaden's father. As the crew traveled back across the ship graveyard, they returned to Prosperity Bay to find it sieged by a massive Ender ship. Enders commit ritualistic suicide at the age of 30, and the goal is to take as much life and property with you as you possibly can. Hello, fine people of Prosperity Bay. My name is Captain Solomon, and tomorrow is my 30th birthday. The crew fought through the streets of Prosperity Bay, up until they found the Captain Solomon himself, who had a dirty Terran weapon, nuclear bomb, and he was prepared to set it off in celebration of his 30th birthday. A series of terrible rolls. I want you to, Cody, look at me through the screen here. You need to role play this like you believe you can defuse this. I've totally seen this before in a movie. Nivets, roll insight. Oh boy. I know exactly what I'm doing. It's the red wire. Nivets, you believe that he can defuse this. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Mm. And a nearly dead Oliver who was attempting to protect the crew. Make a death saving throw, Oliver. Jesus Christ. Oh, no. That's two fails. It's an instant two fails. It means if I fail again, I'm dead. Left the boy genius Carl as the crew's only hope of surviving this encounter. I can need to roll a 19 or higher with your tinker's tools on one of these rolls to defuse this bomb. Your total has to be 19. Oh! Advantage, 24. What the fuck? I told you, it's the red wire. What'd I say? Oh my god. It's not the green one, just like Zaldwin said. Of course it's not the green one. They try that in Space Abominations 5, and that doesn't work. The crew took Captain Solomon alive and intended to turn in his bounty. But first, they needed a ship. They took to the ship graveyard. So you turn it on. Wait, first, uh, what should we call her? Oh, I hadn't even thought. I mean, just saying, all good ships need a name. Uh, oof. Zaldwin is going to write Hawk on the wall. Oh my god. Bad name. That's Fitting. touching. Hawk I, I can concur. The ship was christened with the name of a companion that they'd lost on Prosperity Bay. They took to the sky and set off to Old Honest Jim's used spaceship emporium to turn in the bounty on Captain Solomon. However, on the eve of his 30th birthday, something more sinister took his place. And you, Zeldwin, don't you want to defend your home? I don't think Zeldwin says anything. Just stares. I have strength for anyone willing to take it. Yeah, but you got a butt in there somewhere, I bet. I do have a butt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 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 sorry. (laughs) I thought you were talking about my cheeks. I have exquisite. I have the fattest cheeks. (laughs) The thickest. Extremely thick. Uh, There's no butt. I I can give you power and we can make an arrangement. Obviously, nothing's free. 
the crew turned in the bounty on Captain Solomon and used the money to purchase weapons for their ship, the Hawk. So show us what you got in the 10k weapons range. Holy shit, you can buy a whole spaceship for that much. And fully armed, the Hawk set off for the Ark, the Sojourn, which cryogenically froze its passengers in preparation for the encroaching darkness. However, when they arrived, they found out there was something much more sinister at play. Now, hold on a second. What? Back up a sec. Did you say murder? Yeah. I did. Well, I just didn't want to glance over that part of this arrangement she's proposing. Turns out the sojourn was, for the most part, a death trap, and those frozen had very little chance of ever awakening again. The crew took the investigation all the way to the top to the CEO, Vanwell Moonshade. As I said, name your price. Hey, uh, how many people died on this ship again? Ballpark. Ballpark? Couple million rats? He just looks at you with steely eyes. Roll. Does it matter? One million, two million. What do you do? You do you think it 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 matters? Do you think I mean, the how much you think the suns are going to just magically turn back on in a few thousand years, and we'll just unthaw everyone, and we'll just all be happy. Everything will be back to normal. Is that what you think? I mean, that's what you sold those folks, right? I sold them hope. Carl was recording and broadcasting the whole thing through Hermes. Millions of people were tuned in, and Vanwell Moonshade took the coward's route out. Oh, God, he's going to blow his brains out. Oliver, stop him. Um, How many feet are between me and him? I'll give you a deck save. Uh, you got to tell me if you're going for it. I'm going for him. Yeah. I'm going to try and decide right. to go for it. I zoom in right on his head. I mean, you've got to... <laughs> you're disgusting. Oh, my God. <laughs> The crew retrieved Jaden's father's belongings from his mother who had been frozen on the sojourn. Inside of it was a locket, and inside of the locket was the first waypoint, the tomb of absurdism. And inside, they were challenged on why. Why did they do what they did? The ability to choose your own fate. Die how you want to die. Live how you want to live. So you all die how you want to die? Yeah. I mean, some of us. Some people are scared. But you all live how you want to live? Yeah. Some of us. Well, that's why we ended up here. We do. I do. And then is when we switched to our second crew. Mordecai and Adia, twin soul apostates. Space pirate Grundle! Mr. Goy, the butcher of all things. Tavian, turncoat sniper. These convicts were dispatched to solve a conflict on the magical zoo planet of Pagara. Coincidentally, this was also the waypoint that was described in Jaden's journals as the second waypoint. A familiar voice had taken a hyper-evolved version of the first fish on the planet Pagara. They were at war with the first frogs. Is this not enough? Sacrifice. Blood runs freely. Is this not enough despair? And his eyes roll back into his head and he goes limp. And then he spasms and his eyes fly back open, but they've turned completely black. And he speaks again. Yes, that will do. And Gerdo's spear erupts with purple flame and the whole spear just burns away. And Gerdo's just hurled back into a tree. In order to end the conflict on Pagara, the crew is able to take down the first fish, Lucifer. However, it is not without a great cost. You push him away, and 
my goodness. You push him away and then this pillar of light comes down from the ground. And I mean, it burns you, Mordecai. I mean, you're so close to this. You feel, you feel like you're going to die. It's so hot. You think for a moment, this is it. This is my judgment. I, I earned this. You see through the bright light and you see Tevian slowly fading away. You see feathers floating into the dust to the east. And Lucifer's eyes, blackened, throw up a purple barrier around him. And he endures the bright light for a moment. He endures. He endures. It burns. It burns. You're locked. Just eyeballs with this person. This black eyeballs. You hear Adia screaming. It's intense. You feel the smells, the sounds, the screaming. Everything is just too much. And then you see the blackness fade from him. And Lucifer's hurled out of this space. They remember their friend, Billy Boom, who was a victim of the wild magic surges on Pagara. Oh, blimey. You telling me you still don't remember me? Who's this guy? Crew 2 battled their way through the Tomb of Determinism, unaware of what they'd stumbled upon. And at the end, they were greeted with a strange being. A space shrimp worm of some sorts? Well, it is good to see outside the confines of my prison again. I'm impressed you made it this far, truth be told. Please tell me a talking space worm isn't the treasure at the end of this. The strange being convinces the party to allow him to inhabit Sal, their guide. He then teleports them to a strange ship and takes charge of the ship, allowing them to escape on an escape pod. As they float away, they see the words, The Oasis, on the side of the ship. Billy Boom, Mordecai, Grundle, Mr. Guy, you float in this escape pod eating good berries for seven years. Did I ever tell you about the time we fought that dragon? <laughs> <laughs> no, Grundle. You never told us this story. Oh, go, on, think, go on. It was like seven years ago now. <laughs> and you think you're seeing things when one of you catches a glimpse of a ship outside. You're sure you're hallucinating, but it gets closer and it gets closer. And it looks like a big kind of duct taped together General Knott's ship. And on the side of the ship, it says the Hawk in big stencils. And it docks with the escape pod. 